0: Hello there, welcome to the Watson's Weekly podcast with me, Peter Watson. This week, Ralph Hebgen and I talk about healthcare post COVID, windfall taxes, and banter lawsuits. Hello there and welcome to the second time that we've ever done a um, a video recording of this, which is a vi- video, car, vlog, whatever, um, and podcast all at the same time. Now, just um, in terms of, uh, I just thought it was funny to mention initially um, a few things. Firstly, that um, at least one of the people that watched this on YouTube um, said that they felt uh, that the image of you was different. Difference to what they thought would be the case they thought that you would be wearing tweed um and potentially about 10 years older so that's one thing so for any of you who are listening to this on the podcast if you haven't seen what ralph looks like um, yet i mean you're in for a treat right so uh, and i did say that out of a lot of people that i know ralph is possibly the least likely to wear tweed ever but uh, oh, that's you know, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, so, we need
1: to be careful with these things. I think we're going to talk about this later.
0: This is all banter, isn't it? We exactly. Can, yes, can, we, can, we, can, we can, will can, be talking about banter. banter. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. No, um, was... And then the other thing as well, um, just uh, to, um, you know, make make people who are watching this, realize that the video, uh, the, the, the advantages of watching this on YouTube is um, this is this. Is, this is one for everyone watching is how many fingers am I holding up now, Ralph? Can we move on? Okay, Um okay, that's so so there we go. Um, <laughs> it's not <but> any, uh... <laughs> how many fingers it is also which finger, but uh... Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. And then and then of course we've got to mention um that you've got three of your, your books that you wrote um behind you. Oh, is um, that- I, I, yeah. I didn't notice. That's amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. Not that I'm uh, trying
1: to plug this in any way. No, of course. Um, no. Of course,
0: uh, no. Happiness Rules hmm. by Mark Hebwood. Mark Hebwood is the pen name um, of Ralph Hebgen. They are one and the same person. So there you go. Um, right. Okay. So let's... Um, uh, Ban to the section over uh, let's talk about the um we're going to talk about three things today and um, we're going to try and keep it within half an hour to see whether we can do better than last time um so the uh, first thing we're going to talk about is covid um uh, or the evolution of healthcare um in the uh, you know uh, following Following COVID, um, secondly, we were going to talk about windfall tax um, and uh, you know how that's going because obviously that was a very big topic of conversation this week. And the third thing we are going to talk about banter and the potential impact of banter. So there you go. Um, so those are the three things. So um, let's kick off with the first one uh, in terms of the evolution of healthcare. Now, really, in terms of um, background and introduction. Obviously, you you've heard if you've been listening to the podcast and things, or reading Watson's Daily over the last few weeks. Um, I, I talk talk a lot about the lockdown in Shanghai, um, and how that has has had a, a very grave impact on the Chinese economy for the moment. But also um, it will have or has has had and will continue to have uh, impact on supply chains, not just in China, but internationally as well. So we will all be feeling um, the impact of that. Um, Now, you know, with that in mind, um, obviously uh, there are, um, uh, you know, the, the... this what this brings to mind is the ongoing impact of COVID, um, the outbreaks of COVID, and it really made me think about how what's happening. You know, how is that affecting our own healthcare in the UK, um, and how healthcare might change, and hence our topic of conversation, the evolution of healthcare. Because I think that. It would be fair to say, you know, the NHS, for instance, has been overwhelmed over the last few years. Um, it's coped, it's done a, a great job of of coping with a very difficult and horrendous situation. Um, but the thing is, I presume that must have created a lot of backlog, and that in itself um, will have had an impact. But what what do you think about this? Um, what do you think about? This? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, absolutely. Um, now.
1: Perhaps uh, i lead into this with something which you shouldn't do. <laughs> you should never yeah. reason by anecdote. But mm. this is something which I'm now going to do immediately. So mm. you know that I had a skiing accident and I hurt my knee in the process mm-hmm. and I yeah. will require an operation in all manner of things. Um, and so obviously, first of all, I tried the NHS with doing this. And any kind of consultation with the initial doctor and with the surgeon would have taken two months to... Um, to to do to organize
0: yeah
1: and so i thought well i'm going to go private with this which in my case means i'm going to pay for it myself but Mm. if i had a private health insurer they would actually do this Mm. now again apologies for doing this i mean you can't generalize and my experience isn't symptomatic of many in the nhs but of course generally we do find that the nhs has been underfunded for a very long time and uh, is certainly not well equipped to deal with the acute crisis which COVID has generated. Within that, by the way, they've done, I think an excellent job, but the situation now is that as we are hopefully coming out of COVID and learning to live with the disease, that there are lots of backlog operations which have to be scheduled and which are increasingly also having to be cancelled because uh, of staff shortages. COVID may not kill you anymore as much as it used to, but clearly you are off the Um, job market for about a week or so if you if you contract it and so this has created a situation I think in which many will ask themselves well if I can't exactly count on the NHS certainly not for the moment then I might actually have to get my support for any medical emergency elsewhere and this is of course the private health insurance sector so Mm. so I'm thinking just by stating that we would need to expect an uptake of revenues for the PHI providers. Mm. Um, but it's interesting to think about this maybe a little bit more and, and, and think about the next steps here because, mm. because it's not everybody who will n- not have PHI insurance. I mean, lots mm-hmm. of people have this as a benefit in their, in their remuneration packages. Mm. Um, but there are, of course, some who don't? Who maybe work for the smaller companies, SME sector, etc. Yeah. And then there is the large group of self-employed people who would need to pay for that themselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's that sort of demographic, the sort of people who are caught up in the middle, uh, who perhaps have enough money to pay for PHI insurance but don't have it in their contract, and have as yet not purchase it because they're self-employed those are the ones who
0: might actually choose to have it Hmm. Hmm. now i think that's true and um you know not everyone obviously given the current climate uh, the the higher food bills fuel bills utility bills etc this is yet another thing to add on top of that um but like you say, there will be people who are doing reasonably well who've not really thought about do it, uh, you know having it, but then realising that maybe this can help them if they have a you know if they have some kind of health issue that needs that they want to get sorted out mm-hmm. in the, in the, you know, sooner rather than later. And so, I mean, you know, we were mentioning earlier um, companies like Bupa, uh, AXA and um, Vitality Health, um, as being companies that may benefit um, from, uh, uh, you know, more people from different sections of of society who can afford it but haven't really done it before and there might there may be some kind of growth potential there i I believe so I wouldn't
1: necessarily say this is a next boom sector because mm. because I've investigated this privately in 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 some detail about two years ago where I was thinking of maybe actually well w- w- when I left the city and therefore I didn't actually have the benefit of that particular Uh, part of my contract anymore so Mm. I was thinking oh maybe I should actually do this myself now and replace that Mm. part of the benefit with going to uh, get to get a Bupa Mm. uh, in in insurance and so I looked at the entire sector And the benefits are not cheap. So if you live in London and you wish to have access to a reasonable range of hospitals and you have benefits which are actually meaningful to you, by which I mean you don't have too much of an excess and Uh, you pay you you have benefit including physiotherapy etc then the premium is easily two thousand pounds perhaps more depending Mm. on the range of hospitals you wish to include so between Mm. two and three thousand pounds a year is Mm. I think not something which is completely out of the question and if you think about the times we live in it might actually be that that's the sort of increase in your cost of living which you can expect to see mm. through electricity bills and the food crisis etc mm. and so all of a sudden you face this situation that perhaps including a pHI increase uh, pHI insurance your household expenses might go up quite easily by pff, four thousand pounds mm. mm. and that is of course quite a bit so this is quite mm. so we we' were still looking at a at a um, maybe slice of the population who would be able to afford that Mm. economically and yet have not got the benefit in their remuneration package. So I'm thinking that's
0: probably mostly going to be well-to-do self-employed people. I mean, I also thought, I mean, in terms of this as a theme, you know, healthcare and, uh, and who, who might benefit or who might this affect. um, And it was mindful of the fact that you know at the moment obviously employers are facing pressure to increase wages and things Mm. and you know I'd say in reality there's only so much that they can do this realistically because you've got to if you're going to put in a wage increase it has to be across the board and even small percentage increases mean large actual you know involve very large sums of money Mm-hmm. so I'm wondering whether um, employers will be emphasizing the benefits that they get in addition to the money um, that they get as well and therefore and you know would they either if they haven't um, offered health care before that they would consider it um, or if they are doing health care already whether they can try to increase it you know in terms of make it better so that it would be one thing that people you know if people were thinking of going um the employer could say well look you know we've got these amazing health benefits and you won't you may not get those in your next uh, in in your you know, at your next employer therefore you know stay with us that kind of thing you know i wonder whether this is something that employers are going to be talking about increasingly i think it's a it's a
1: possibility because clearly as the cost of living crisis is not going to abate uh, anytime soon yeah. uh, I- employers will see themselves to be subject to pressure to increase wages increase salaries mm. and it is of course a possibility that if you find as an as, as an employer that the cost of providing an incremental benefit is less than the let's say 5% wage increase which you might mm. actually have to offer mm-hmm. and even that of course would be Uh, sadly below inflation, but there's a Mm. limit to what you can actually reasonably expect uh, employers will offer. So anyway, if the cost of that is is not as much as um, a possible wage increase, then that may be something which Mm. uh, employees are going to uh, value yeah, because of the crisis in the NHS, which is clearly uh, exacerbating at the Mm. moment. So that would be an interesting development because it is sort of it would be counterintuitive normally mm. in times of crisis, <laughs> the first thing you see going is your benefits in your mm. uh, in your package mm-hmm. this time it might be that some employers maybe in the FTSE three fifty type size mm. are increasing uh, um, willing to think about increasing the benefit package to get out of having to give
0: an economically mm. more expensive increase in salary. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So there we go. So I think it's it's interesting and one of these things to 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 uh you know to to monitor uh especially in mind to the fact that you know in in China things were looking like everything was getting better and then these things, you know, these outbreaks just flared up. So whether well, we're going to see something like that in here, but um, but anyway, right. So uh the next next topic, let's move on to the next thing, windfall tax um it seems to me every time um at the moment uh, uh, oil companies do well um there's immediately talk of windfall tax it happened the last time uh, um, it feels like only a few weeks ago um but they everyone announced amazing results etc um and it happened again windfall the talk of uh, windfall tax has come up again um so what what do you think about it ralph
1: well um This is potentially a large topic, but let me just maybe lead in with the sentiment which I have. I Hmm. find it a little bit surprising to see the reluctance on part of Boris Johnson and by extension the the Conservative Party to agree to a windfall tax, to actually demand Hmm. to institute a windfall tax. Yeah. And, of course, I know the arguments against it, but the arguments against it are mostly sounding a little bit theoretical to me at the moment, and they're also all rooted in in sort of financial theory, Mm. saying that investors would shy away from uh, further investment in uh, petroleum stocks because they might actually expect uh, windfall tax to become a recurrent phenomenon that's Mm. different from regular, not every year, but recurrent as in, you know, maybe every two years, every three years, et cetera, and commensurately therefore they would shy away from an investment in the sector. Mm. But but I, I, I never really particularly uh, bought into this argument because if you remember the tobacco industry, uh, th- there was the um, situation of uh, potential litigation hanging over the tobacco industry forever. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: all they did, basically, they budgeted for it, and it was part of the share price.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So,
1: I mean, obviously, that's something which the uh, oil industry would also be able to do. And second, I found it interesting to note that BP said that even with a windfall tax, they would continue to invest in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. And um, may or may not have been PR. I'm inclined to believe it. Mm. And so another argument against the institution of a windfall tax goes away. So if you then weigh that against the possible benefits, well, now I'm needing to be a little bit fictional because we haven't seen it yet and we don't know what the government would use it for. But of course, in theory, you can use that windfall tax in order to redistribute the money and support households in need by subsidizing Mm. their energy bills, for example. Mm-hmm. Or you could do this in many other ways. You could, for example, advance tax breaks to the industry providing sustainable energy, wind farm um, mm. construction, etc., which arguably is something that the government has subscribed to in the energy mm. paper recently with almost with, well, with all but enshrining a, um, a target to be independent of Russian oil by 2030. So mm. I think there are more arguments to, in favor of a windfall tax, mm.
0: um,
1: not just from where I'm sitting, which is here, but but yeah. also from the point in of, front of
0: your three books, of course, in oh, front I, of your uh,
1: books. Oh, I didn't yeah. notice. Uh, yeah. Four. That, they got uh, four behind you. Yeah, I didn't notice that they were there. So uh, yeah. Yeah. so not not just from from <laughs> from <laughs> oh not just from my point of view, but also from the point of view of how I would argue if I was a conservative Mm. politician, because from a conservative politician's point of view, vantage point, I would expect the um, positive, the benefits of a windfall tax to outweigh
0: the potential negatives. Mm. Mm. And I I think I have to say, I reckon it would be a crowd pleaser, really. Mm. I mean, in a way you would have thought, but given the way that the, the local elections have gone, I wonder how much, oh, we'll never know though, will we, you know, how much difference the windfall tax would have made. Because in some ways, if I was a spin doctor, um, I would have thought that if you got that windfall tax going, that could easily outweigh any party gates, um you know chat at the at the doorstep you know talking to voters and they'd say well party gate but you know but it's really good that the government of they're telling industry what to do and they're you know we're going to it's going to sort out our utility bills in a way you could have i don't know it could have been quite uh in theory well it seems in theory it could have been quite an easy an Mm. easy win but obviously they decided not to do that so
1: well have they though i mean certainly currently the uh, leanings which we're getting from the conservative party appear to be against it but of course the Mm. situation is in flux and it Mm. may well develop to such extent that we are we are going to see something like this Mm. even more so because it seems to be a viable tool within the management of an economy without the, hmm. within the management of inflation. Yeah, we, we promise not to talk about inflation anymore <laughs> <laughs> because we seem to do it every time we, we have the podcast. But the only thing I want to mention briefly is, let's remember this is cost-push inflation, not demand-pull inflation. So this is not because the industry is working at uh, excess capacity, or the close to capacity and can't really deal with the demand of consumers. And that's why prices go up. That's not what we're facing. We're facing inflation because the cost of production are going up. Mm. And uh, there are basically two major tools in the economic toolkit to fight this. One is the same as for the other version of inflation that is, unfortunately, interest rates go up. And mm-hmm. you see that. But the other one is reduction of taxes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we have seen sort of mentionings of perhaps lowering VAT tax for a while, mm-hmm. having a tax, a windfall tax on the oil industry and redistributing that in order to support household bills would be a very similar net impact than with the reduction of mm. VAT tax, mm. uh, of VAT. And so so I think, well, I can talk myself into thinking that this would be a viable, mm. uh, tool in the fight against inflation and as you point out also would get me some some favors from from the voters which the conservatives after yesterday after the results in the various by elections Mm. and council elections must surely know is something Mm. they need
0: Mm. i mean i think that if you actually combined that you know windfall tax from the oil industry and reduction in vat um again i think that would be quite popular because i think that uh, especially in say the hospitality industry where actually lowering vat seems to have a quite a, a major effect on them um and so uh, again you know maybe maybe a combination of the uh, of the two would would help but obviously we're we're not going to know um but it does seem that this government has a habit of floating ideas seeing what what the reaction is and then depending on the reaction then either implementing it or not um so i think uh, i think that's my I, I think that's bon uh, that's boris johnson's um leadership mm. style and that, that's what he tends to do yeah and you know what i mean i i personally don't think that's necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. because sometimes you know i think you can't do that on absolutely everything but there are times when I think you do need consensus and you only really, I mean, you know, you can have consensus with your own political group, but you know, how much of that is the group wanting to, you know, they've got their own agenda versus what everyone actually thinks about it in the electorate. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite, you know, it's quite good to judge the mood um and because i suppose you know the government has to generally do what the majority of people want so anyway i think it's very interesting um topic it's going to come back again if not if not before at the next set of results for the for the oil companies yeah. uh, it will just keep coming back again um so i mean and and you know by the next time the results people will have had more um utility bills and they will be feeling the pinch even more. So it's only going to get tighter from here. I think, mm,
1: yes. On that, just one uh, last comment. I've seen a report by consultancy uh, in an um, in environment, environmental consultancy, which predicts that if we are going to get all the investments in the sustainable sector going to plan, then by 2030, we may well be in a situation that we are going to have excess electricity in the UK. So this is something which I just wanted to share with people, with everybody, because I, for one, need some good news as well. Yes, you know, within the sorrow, uh, sorrowness which is, yeah. <laughs> which is out there and, and that was mm. something which I, which I found interesting I have to mm. say although of course there's a caveat we need to get this going etc but let's not dwell on the caveat let's dwell on the potential outcome which is
0: mm. a positive. Awesome always like a bit of positivity. <laughs> so let's go on to the last thing um, which is um, about banter. Now, um, we start off with a serious bit about the fact that it seems that lawsuits that include the word banter um, have actually increased. And the reason why I say that, if you've not been following it this week, it's all about the fact that um, uh, employee there's a tra- there's an increasing trend of employees um, you know take taking their employers to court saying uh, sort of discrimination and things and harassment and the employers arguing that it's banter you know and what constitutes banter what is you know so what's banter what isn't what the effect of that is Um, and I mean both you and I have worked together in the past and we have both worked on different dealing floors uh, you know trading floors in the city and i have seen an inno i mean it's literally banter fest there is from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave it is just wall to wall banter a sort of mix of banter bullying uh or not bullying necessarily but you know kind of kind of aggr- some aggressive some less aggressive banter um and yeah, I mean, it's it, it's interesting to see this, but I mean, what what was your what was your reaction to that in the increasing number of lawsuits? <laughs> yeah, if I is <laughs> almost seeing another positive element here, mm.
1: um, which is, is coming out of left fields for the legal industry, more revenues from banter related mm. lawsuits, which are of course, basically discrimination lawsuits. And uh, but to some extent, we're seeing the sort of outcome of a. Dynamic in our society, which is becoming more inclusive and more sensitive to these things, which is positive. But obviously, mm. they're always the pendulum sort of swings, swings in 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 these ways. And currently, I think the pendulum perhaps is swinging towards its other, uh, its other extreme. And mm. these kind of lawsuits are being brought more readily. It's. Uh, I, I, I found it interesting. It's possibly. A consequence of the wokeism um, mm. dynamic which we're seeing increasingly taking hold of mm. universities mm. and other places but I of course also was reminded of um, my work on the trading floors and we worked on some together as mm. you said and it is a difficult uh, line to know, well, it, it's difficult to know where the line is. There is bully, bullying, and that is never acceptable under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there is perhaps oversensitive reaction to banter, which may mm-hmm. be more behoven on the individual to manage. Where mm-hmm. the line is, I don't know, but as mm-hmm. a as, a, as an anecdote, which is perhaps amusing, I mean, there are so many anecdotes I can basically talk about this for the there next are. two
0: weeks. Yeah, uh, but we can't... I'd say most of them aren't podcast-friendly, are they? Most of them are not uh, to be repeated outside <laughs> yeah. trading. trading yeah.
1: But yeah. I mean, but, but many of them are, because I, I actually found that my own experience was often that the banter was identifiable as sort of friendly banter. Mm. But I mean, yeah. I'll le- let you guys judge whether this is friendly or not. So basically... Uh, i was on the trading floor and for some reason i can't remember the circumstances but uh, we needed to dig in somebody said guys we need to dig in it it was held to be important to dig in what that exactly meant i don't know but i was sort of walking around on the dealing floor and the head trader when he heard that maxim to dig in uh, turned around and said to me oh ralphie maybe you can give us some uh, advice on this and how to dig in we were basically digging in the trenches weren't you and I was thinking, oh, actually, I wasn't yeah. really digging in any trenches because I'm sort of too young for this. But maybe this is not the time to bring it up. So what I basically said to him, well, I mean, you're looking to me for advice of how to dig trenches. I mean, we lost both these wars, didn't we? <laughs> Everybody was started smiling, and then I sort of did one better, and I said, I hope your trading cards are better than that, mate. <laughs>
0: you know, this the, but this is the thing, is it? It's 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 giving it back. I have to say though, uh, Ralph. Well, the, I mean,
1: it was excellent. I mean, everybody yeah. was laughing. We're having a good time. So, yes. so the point is, there was a tipping point. I mean, the banter mm, mm. was, let's say, could have been could have been interpreted by me to be hostile. I could have um, mm. I could have been offended by it. Yeah. Walked off in a huff in mm. which case that wouldn't have been good for me. Mm. Uh, or I didn't really think it was negative banter anyway I thought it was reasonably amusing I mean mm. I, I, I didn't think the person was particularly witty to make that no, comment but no. I thought it was a good opportunity f- for me to to say something and and, and yeah. then turn, turn the situation around
0: well I I have to say Ralph you know when I've when I've uh, when I worked with you all those years ago and um you know i I've, I've you 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 have a, a, a an excellent reputation as the archbishop of banterbury uh, <laughs> uh the, the high priest of uh, you know was a, uh, <laughs> but yeah i i think that um oh, yeah it's it's difficult because sometimes it can be quite difficult to know where the line is um yes. and and sometimes also there are times when i think that it it's right at the beginning you know of your career i mean i remember what the classic for me was the coffee run right so what would happen is the new person coming in uh, would be like okay you've got to do the coffee run so i was on the sales desk right so yeah you, you know, you've got to do the coffee run so what happened was i used to take the orders of the coffees um and uh, you know go around to everyone and ask what you know what they wanted and stuff and um what used to then happen was they would give me the money I'd keep the money so I'm thinking do you know what I mean I'm going out to get your coffee so therefore um you should pay me so um I used to give the change to the people that I liked and (laughs) I knew that needed the change and anyone else I just went oh there's the coffee and that was that and then this kind of then went on to I mean um Eventually, me refusing to do people's coffees who asked for really ridiculous orders, like, uh, can I have a um America- black Americano with a triple shot and a this, that?" and I'd literally I'd stop writing and go, <laughs> I said, "You can get that that's That's a stupid order, um and I don't want to get laughed at <laughs> so um so you know, we'd have this kind of thing, but you know there was a seriousness behind the actual coffee thing in and and it doesn't sound it and at the time you're thinking why am i doing this um but you know for for the sales guys they were saying like if you can't get the coffee order right how are you going to take a multi-million pound order from a Mm. client Mm. and so you know there was that and also that sort of I don't know, humility or whatever that you're not above it all i mean there's there's various ways of doing it but like i say sometimes it can it can be that and that's purely what it is yeah. but then it can go on to it can then morph into something more sinister and that's exactly. what the problem is and i think that you know this kind of thing if it's increasing now when we've got a tight labor market i think that when the economy starts to go into a downturn we'll we are going to see a lot more instances of these lawsuits Mm -hmm. because people will be looking for reasons to try to get more money out of the, you know, from their exit from a firm. So I suspect that there is going to be more of it. That may, that may well be indeed. Absolutely. So there we go. But anyway, we'll, finished there um not quite the um 30 minutes but you know not too bad um but anyway but thank you very much indeed as always ralph it's always a pleasure um and uh, please everyone buy um ralph's book um <laughs> and also if you're not already subscribed please subscribe to what's this daily anyway i will on that note i will leave but thank you very much and we'll be back again next week
1: absolutely bye. thanks for having yeah. me bye guys Bye. bye,
0: bye.